Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. I hope everyone had a fabulous Thanksgiving holiday, sharing it with family and friends, and of course, good food. As always, (laughs) as always, I ate way too much food. But time with my family passed way too quickly as well. Every year, the Lawrence family packs our bags and we head to the Ozark Mountains in Missouri. We stay at a beautiful lodge in a private cabin overlooking Table Rock Lake. The whole setup is simply breathtaking and without doubt makes for the perfect getaway to relax and enjoy each other's company. My favorite week of the year by far, and I'm already counting the days until we head back again next year. But now it's it's back to business, and today is Transcription Tuesday, and it's a good one. Well, they're all good ones, right? But this is this is a kind of uh, this is like a part two, if you will, of of a Red Garland bundle. Last month, we dissected Red Garland's solo on the classic Gershwin standard, A Foggy Day in London Town, from the iconic jazz album Garland of Red. Today, today we are going to explore another great American songbook standard from that amazing album. This time we're going to look at Cole Porter's What Is This Thing Called Love? See? It's a Red Garland bundle. Foggy Day in London Town last month. What is this thing called love this month? Hard to beat it, right? Both solos by the great Red Garland and both solos packed with a ton, and I mean a ton, of great jazz language. Needless to say, I love Transcription Tuesday almost, almost as much as my getaway this past week, but not quite. Almost, almost. I'll just leave it at that. But every Tuesday, we take the time to discover, learn, and play some aspect of jazz piano, whether it's theory, tunes, technique, transcriptions, uh, regardless of which aspect of playing jazz piano we, we are exploring that we want to discover, learn, and play, it is always a solid educational episode. Every Tuesday every week of every month throughout the entire year. Good stuff indeed. We have an incredible amount of great information to unpack today. So it's going to be a busy podcast episode. But before we dig in and spend time with the great Red Garland and what is this thing called love, I want to take a second, as I do every week, to personally invite all new first-time listeners and all old-time listeners as well, to join Jazz Piano Skills, to become an active member. All you have to do is go to jazzpianoskills.com, click on the join link, pick a plan, and join. It's that easy. And once you are an official member, you will have full access to all of the educational content, all of the resources at Jazz Piano Skills. This includes the educational podcast guides, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play-alongs. It also includes the interactive courses, which make up a self-paced sequential jazz piano curriculum. 
It also includes the weekly masterclass, the one-hour weekly masterclass that I host online every week, every Thursday evening, 8 p.m. Central Time. It also includes uh, access to the private jazz piano skills community, to the skill-specific forums. Plus, it includes personal and professional support whenever you need it and as often as you need it. More about each of these amazing benefits throughout today's episode, but if you are indeed serious about developing the jazz piano skills needed for you to become an accomplished jazz pianist, then you should absolutely become a jazz piano skills member and begin taking advantage of all of the educational content, materials, resources, and professional support. There are several membership plans to choose from, so you can definitely find one that is going to be a good fit for you. You can become a member for a month if you just simply want to try it out. There's a monthly membership plan. There's also a quarterly membership plan. And of course, there is an annual membership plan. There is also, by the way, a lifetime membership plan, which is 50% off with a Black Friday deal that's going on right now. So head to jazzpanelskills.com and check that out. All of the plans, regardless of which one you choose and which one is right for you, grants you full access to all of the educational content, the materials, the resources, and the professional support. Again, check it all out at jazzpanelskills.com. If you have any questions, let me know. I am happy to speak with you and help you determine which Jazz Piano Skills membership plan is best for you. All right, on with the show. It's time to discover, learn, and play Red Garland's solo on what is this thing called love. Today, you are going to discover Red Garland's solo on what is this thing called love. You're going to learn how Red Garland loves to use the altered dominant sound. And you are going to play various Red Garland dominant lines and altered dominant exercises to begin developing your jazz vocabulary. So regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, intermediate player, advanced player, or even if you are an experienced professional, you will find this Jazz Panel Skills podcast lesson exploring Red Garland's solo on what is this thing called love from the classic jazz album, A Garland of Red, to be very beneficial. Okay, before we get started, all Jazz Piano Skills members, Please take a second, pause this episode right now, take a few minutes, and print the podcast guides, the illustrations, and the lead sheets. It's always important to have these in front of you as we go through the lesson, especially when we are studying a transcription. As the old saying goes, a picture is worth a thousand words, and the illustrations, the lead sheets, will indeed illuminate various aspects of essential jazz piano skills that are often just simply difficult to describe or explain by using only words. So let's take a second and print those out. 
Okay. Now that you have the podcast guides in front of you, I want to walk you through the illustrations first. And the first page of the illustrations gives you a nice historical perspective and overview of the album, A Garland of Red. Information from the recording date, the producer, the studio, to musicians, tunes, and so on. This album, this album should be part of every jazz musician's collection, especially jazz pianists. It's always nice to have an historical understanding and appreciation uh, of influential jazz recordings, such as A Garland of Red. So the very first illustration kind of puts it all in perspective for you, the historical aspect and significance of this recording. The second illustration that you have in front of you gives you a breakdown of chord scale tones versus the non-chord scale tones of Red Garland's solo. The stats definitely, look at those stats, they definitely show us the overwhelming presence of chord scale tones and how important it is for all of us, for you, for me, to have a command of scales and arpeggios. Those statistics always blow me away. The third illustration that you have in your hands highlights all of the altered scale tones used by Red Garland when playing the dominant sounds, the dominant chords. This is actually going to be what we primarily focus on today when we are dissecting his solo. And the fourth illustration uh, that you have spotlights four specific C-dominant ideas played by Red Garland during his solo. We're going to take these ideas, these four ideas, analyze them, play them, and then focus on some specific exercises to help, help us acquire the skills needed to begin developing our own jazz language using a page from the Red Garland playbook, right? The Red Garland approach. Okay, so those are the illustrations that you have. Now, let's take a close look at the lead sheets. The first lead sheet that you have in your hands is the complete transcription of Red Garland's solo. So before we go any further, with transcription in hand, I want you to follow along as we listen to Red Garland play Cole Porter's What Is This Thing Called Love? So we're going to listen to him play the head, then we're going to listen to his solo. <laughs> Man, this is going to be great. So here we go. Let's check this out.
only one word. Wow. How cool is this recording? It's so awesome to have a transcription in your hand, right? And to follow along follow along as you listen. Again, right? It's 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 a a picture is worth a thousand words, no doubt. So having the transcription in your hand as you listen to the solo and how he phrases and articulation, uh, how he articulates the lines that he's playing, it's invaluable. Just simply invaluable. Okay, the second lead sheet I want to draw your attention to is an actual lead sheet of the tune. I put together the chord changes and the melody for you. So as you can see, I have purposely kept the melody notation very simple. You can, of course, as you learn the tune, experiment with adding various rhythmic interpretations to the melody to create your own treatment of the tune. As always, as always, though, learn the basic melody first, then begin experimenting with your own rhythmic ideas, but learn the melody first. The third lead sheet that you have in your hands is simply uh, the form of the tune with the chord changes notated. That's it. No melody. Simply form and chords only. And I like using this type of lead sheet when exploring various ways to approach voicings. Whether, it's, whether it be left-hand shell voicings or two-handed uh, structures. Either way, working off a lead sheet like this is, va- is so valuable, right? So you just simply have the chord changes there and the form. Now, the fourth lead sheet is form and function only. And listen to me very, very carefully here. This is the lead sheet you want to use when you truly want to learn a tune. When you truly want to learn the harmonic movement of a tune. When you really want to know a tune so well that you can play it in any key. When you really want to develop your ears to hear harmonic movement. Are you getting my point here? As you can see, this lead sheet uses traditional Roman numeral notation to establish harmonic relationships like 251. No harmonic relationships, nothing for the ears to do. I'm going to say that again. No harmonic relationships, nothing for the ears to do or retain. It amazes me how few students practice this way, and it amazes me even further of how few jazz teachers actually teach this way. The next four lead sheets that you have in your packet, the next four lead sheets outline four specific exercises that we will be using today as we discover, learn, and play the altered dominant sounds used by Red Garland in what is this thing called love in his solo over that tune. No doubt today is going to be fun as we discover, learn, and play jazz piano with the jazz great Red Garland. 
And no doubt, you will have, more than likely, many questions as we take apart Red Garland's solo on what is this thing called love. And that is precisely why I am committed to providing all Jazz Piano Skills members immediate and personal unlimited support. If you are listening to this podcast through the Jazz Piano Skills website, you can use the extremely convenient SpeakPipe widget that is nestled directly beneath the podcast player to send me a voice message. It's that easy. It's, it's amazingly simple. One click and the two of us are interacting with each other. Send me a voice message with your questions and I will send you a voice message back with the answers. Very cool technology. If you're listening on uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Pandora, Amazon Music, or any of the other popular podcast directories out there, you can use the link speakpipe.com forward slash jazz piano skills to send me a quick message. As I say every week, if you happen to be a scaredy cat, and I know there's some scaredy cats out there, but if you're a scaredy cat and afraid to send me a voice message, then you can post your question in the private Jazz Panel Skills forum um, and let the, let the incredible community help you and answer questions for you. Uh, or you can literally join, join us all on Thursday evening with the Jazz Panel Skills Masterclass. I host this masterclass every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Time, using the Zoom platform, which I'm, I know you are familiar with. So every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Time, uh, access the Zoom link at jazzpianoskills.com and join the masterclass to get your questions answered face-to-face. I provide all Jazz Piano Skills members with so many ways to get help. So definitely take advantage of the opportunities. As you know, my entire goal with Jazz Piano Skills is to provide you with the very best jazz piano lessons, the very best jazz piano educational materials, and the very best jazz piano support that's available anywhere today. Okay, so let's get started. Grab your uh, illustrations, and within your illustrations, you'll see the transcription where I have literally highlighted. I have put a red or an orange box around four C-dominant ideas that Red Garland plays during his solo on what is this thing called love, okay? And so the very first thing we're going to do is we're going to take a look at each one of these four ideas. Now, each one of these C-dominant chords are part of a 2-5-1 progression, a minor 2-5-1. So you'll see in front of it the G half diminished 7, and you'll see on the back side of it the F minor chord. So we have a classic minor 2-5-1. And on that C dominant, Red Garland is literally, he starts on the 7th of the chord, up to the flat 9, back to that 7th, and then he, he raises that 7th half step to the B natural, that bebop scale, up to the root, down to the fifth, 
back to the flat seventh, and then the A flat. Nice line. So it sounds like this. Nice. One more time. Okay, so what I want to do, we have an altered dominant sound here. Let's put this into a musical context. So let's bring the ensemble in. I'm going to highlight or uh, isolate that 2-5-1, that minor 2-5-1. G half diminished, going to C7, going to F minor. You're going to notice as I play, I do nothing, nothing on the G half diminished. I do nothing on the F minor. I just play the red garland idea on the five chord. Why do I do this? I want my undivided attention to be on what's happening on my five chord. And I want to zero in on and focus on the altered dominant sound. Okay? So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out. And then we'll talk about it. Here we go. great line, right? It's a fabulous line. One thing I want to say, though, however, before we go any further, this is not about trying to memorize that melodic idea, and then you somehow drop kick it into a song, into another setting, into another context. That's not why we study transcriptions. That's not the approach. I highly discourage you from trying to do that. What we're trying to do here is to kind of uh, peek through a window into the mind of Red Garland and see how he's using, uh, how, what he plays over a dominant sound. And in this case, it's the altered dominance, right? It's the sharp fives and the flat fives and the sharp nines and flat nines that we're, we're picking up on. And then we need to do some exercises that are going to help us incorporate those sounds into our playing. And we're going to do that a little later here in the podcast episode, right? But this is not about trying to memorize a Red Garland lick and then utilize it in another song, in another context, in another setting, okay? Just needed to get that off my chest. Okay, so now look down at measure 28, the second orange box that I have highlighted uh around the C dominant. Here again, uh, he is uh, using the altered sounds. You can see that we have an A flat in there, so we have a we have a sharp five, has an E flat and a D flat in that line. So we have a sharp nine and a flat nine. It's interesting, he starts on a B natural, which is, you know, the B natural is coming from the bebop scale, right? This, you hear that kind of idea all the time, right? There's the root. B natural, that half step, down to the dominant seventh, right? So, but he actually starts on this, so you get a little tension right out of the, right out of the box here. Then down to the third, 
there's the sharp 9, flat 9, flat 7, and then he resolves it to that F minor on the 9 of the F minor. So the line is nice. Again. One more time. Nice. So now let's let's put this into a musical context. We have another minor two five one here, G half diminish C seven F minor. We're going to bring the ensemble in. We're going to zero in on that melodic idea, that altered sound. Again, I'm not going to do anything on the half diminished on the two. I'm not going to play anything on the one on the F minor. I'm going to make all my effort, energy, and attention. I'm going to have it focused on the C7 and the altered sound. So here we go. Let's check it out. And just FYI, I'm playing at a tempo of 140, 140. And the play-along tracks that are included uh, that you have access to, I have a 140 tempo in there. I also have a 100 and a, and a 120, right? Some slower tempos, too. Of course, Red Garland is playing this at a much faster tempo, but we are dissecting it and studying it. So always always approach it at a much slower tempo. Okay, let's look at the next C dominant idea that Red Garland plays. So I want to draw your attention to measure 36. It's the third orange box that I have around that C7. And again, he is uh, utilizes in this line, he has a flat 9 in there, he has a sharp 9 in there, he actually starts on the 13th, so he starts on the A, and then he just, he's basically going up the scale. Right on up, and then he resolves it to that F minor. So now he gets this. idea, right? So he's right going up the fully altered scale. He's approaching that B flat with that A natural, so it's a half-step approachment to the seventh, in essence, is what's going on there. And he goes right through that flat nine and that sharp nine. So let's bring the ensemble in and let's listen to this in context. Again, we're going to do two, five, one. I'm playing a G half diminished, doing nothing on that, moving on my C7, playing the red garland idea and then resolving it to the F minor and doing nothing on the F minor. Again, wanting all of my attention to be on the altered dominant chord, the altered dominant sound. 
So here we go. Let's check it out and see what this sounds like. One of the things that really should stick out like with an idea like that is how simplistic it is. Red Garland's basically going up the fully altered scale, right? So he's not doing anything fancy with regards to notes. He's actually playing the notes, the notes of the altered dominant scale. So oftentimes we want to complicate things and, and make it um, in, in our mind... <laughs> Some highfalutin, you know, idea that he's playing when in actuality, you see here, and this is the benefit of studying transcriptions, you see that it, it just simply is not the case. So if we look at the last C dominant idea that uh, we're going to study here today, presented by Red Garland, you see there in measure 47. So you'll see the fourth orange box around that C7. Again, he is working off the fully altered dominant scale. He has a flat nine in his idea. He has that B natural again, coming from the B bebop scale. And uh, so he, it sounds like this, just straightforward again. Then he resolves that to that A flat, that F minor, right? So again, nothing complicated. What a great idea. One more time. Wow. So now let's bring the ensemble in. Let's listen to this minor 251, G half diminished, the C7 altered to F minor. Again, nothing on the half diminished. Nothing's going to occur on the minor. On the one minor, we're going to focus on the fully altered dominant sound on the C7. So here we go. Let's check it out. There you have it. Four great ideas, melodic ideas, using altered dominant sounds given to us by Red Garland, right? And we zeroed in on the C dominant. We could have done this with uh, the G dominance, the A flat dominant. We could have, we, we, you know, there's several ways to dissect a transcription and to study a, a transcription. Today, 
I am just focusing on the dominant sound. We could have very easily looked at the extended lines over the entire 251. We could have isolated um, a major, the major sound or the minor sound, right? So anyway, four great dominant, ultra dominant ideas by Red Garland. And now that we have specifically looked at how Red Garland handles the C dominant, we can say without any reservation that he loves the altered dominant sound. So what do you think our first step should be for developing altered dominant vocabulary? Well, just in case you're not sure, 100% certain as to how to begin developing altered dominant vocabulary, let me tell you, we begin by developing and practicing altered dominant exercises, right? In fact, everything we do, every jazz piano skill, we are wanting to gain a command of and eventually incorporate into our playing should always begin with very well thought out and strategic exercises. So what I want to give you today are four very well thought out and strategic exercises to help you gain a command of the fully altered dominant sound. Again, if this sound is good enough for Red Garland, it's good enough for you and me. So let's look at some exercises to help us begin gaining a command of this sound so that we can begin developing jazz vocabulary to use in our playing. Okay, so grab your lead sheets. You have four of them, four minor 251 exercises. Each one of these exercises uh, utilizes scale motion and arpeggio motion, right? Those are the only two types of motion we have, scale motion and arpeggio motion. And each one of these exercises utilizes each one of those, each one of the motions, scale and arpeggio, going one of two directions. We only have two of those, right? Going up or down. So each exercise is des designed around the concept that we have scale motion and we have arpeggio motion in music. And both scale motion and arpeggio motion can travel either ascending or descending. So the exercises are built that way, okay? So you'll see on exercise number one, on the dominant chord, on the C dominant chord there, you'll see that the scale starts on what? The flat nine. So we're starting our scale on an altered sound. And then we ascend through the sound and then resolve it to the F minor. Then you'll see right directly beneath that the same uh, uh, scale motion but descending now. Again, starting on the flat nine and descending through the scale and resolving eventually to F minor. So now there you have ascending and descending scale motion starting from the flat nine. Then directly beneath that, you'll see uh, ascending arpeggio motion starting from where? The flat nine, arpeggiating, arpeggiating through flat nine, third, sharp five, flat nine, and then resolving to the F minor. Then we do the opposite. We descend. So we start on the flat nine up on top. We descend down through the flat five, I mean sharp five, sorry, third, and then flat nine and resolve it to the F minor.
So it's kind of interesting. Exercise one actually has four little sub-exercises, if you will. You have the lead sheet in front of you. Now, with the lead sheet in front of you, I want you to follow along as I demonstrate each one of these exercises. I'm going to play each one a couple times, right? And again, I'm not doing anything on the uh, half-diminished. I'm not doing anything on the minor, as you can see on the lead sheet. All my attention is on the altered dominant sound. Ascending, descending scale motion. Ascending, descending arpeggio motion. So let's bring the ensemble in and let's check it out. Follow along. Here we go. nice, right? Starting from the flat nine, ascending, descending scale motion, and starting from the flat nine, ascending, descending arpeggio motion. Okay, so now you get the idea. So now look at exercise number two. Same 2-5-1 progression, minor 2-5-1, G half diminished to C7, altered to F minor. But now everything's going to launch from the sharp nine. So you're going to see there we got ascending and descending scale motion from the sharp nine resolving to the F minor and we have ascending and descending arpeggio motion from the sharp nine. So we're going to do the exact same process except our entry point is different. We're now we're starting on the sharp nine. So let's bring the ensemble back in. I'm going to play through each one of these a couple times. So follow along with your lead sheet in hand and you'll get an idea of what's happening here. So let's check it out, then we'll go from there. Here we go.
great way to isolate and practice the altered dominant sound, right? So listen, all of you jazz piano skills members, be sure to use the play along tracks that I have developed and provide for you with every jazz piano skill podcast episode. To help you practice these exercises, though, uh, you now have access to three play-along tracks for each key, for all 12 keys, right? Each using a different tempo. So we, I mentioned earlier tempos uh, 100, 120, and, and 140. So you have access to 36 play-along tracks, three for each key. That will help you get a command of and master the altered dominant sound by practicing it as I'm laying out here today. Okay, you also, in addition to getting a command of the altered dominant sound, using these play along tracks, of course, are going to help you develop a strong sense of time, articulation and feel. So use, yes, the illustrations, yes, the lead sheets, but yes, do not forget about the play along tracks as well. Okay, so now let's look at. The next exercise, exercise three. Again, minor two five one, G half diminished, the C seven altered, going to F minor. We've already launched from the flat nine. We've already launched from the sharp nine. So guess what's next? Our entry point now is going to be the flat five. So we're going to practice ascending and descending altered scale motion with the entry point of a flat five. And we're going to practice ascending and descending arpeggio motion with an entry point of the flat five. And you can see it laid out again on your lead sheet. So I'm going to bring the ensemble in. I'm going to play through each one of these a couple times so you can get an idea of how it sounds in context. So here we go. Let's check it out. So, okay, so we've done flat nine, we've done sharp nine, we've launched from the flat five. So exercise four, you know what's coming. We're going to do the exact same thing, scale and arpeggio motion, ascending, descending, and also arpeggio motion, ascending, descending, but now launching from the sharp five. So we're going to bring the ensemble back in. We're going to go through this exact same process, nothing on the half diminished. 
all our focus on the altered dominant scale and nothing on the minor one chord, the F minor. Okay, so let's bring the ensemble in and let's listen to our scale and arpeggio motion ascending and descending with our entry point being the sharp five. All right, here we go. Let's check it out. do you see I mentioned earlier that whenever we attack any jazz piano skill we must begin we must start by developing and practicing very strategic exercises that everything we do every jazz piano skill we are wanting to gain a command of and incorporate eventually incorporate into our playing must always begin with very well thought out and strategic exercises. That is what I have presented you with today. The importance of getting a command of the altered dominant sound as demonstrated by Red Garland in What Is This Thing Called Love? And giving you four very specific exercises to help you strategically work through that sound using ascending, descending scale and arpeggio motion Launching from the flat nine, the sharp nine, the flat five, and the sharp five. Very structured, very methodical, very strategic, which will lead to your success. Wow, that is a lot of information in a very short period of time. I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson, exploring Red Garland's solo on what is this thing called love, to be very insightful and, of course, to be very beneficial. Don't forget, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I will see you online Thursday evening at the Jazz Piano Skills Masterclass at 8 p.m. Central Time. To discuss this podcast episode lesson exploring Red Garland's solo on what is this thing called love in greater detail and to answer any questions that you may have about the study of jazz in general. Also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, be sure to use those podcast guides, those lead sheet guides, the play-along tracks. Check out the Jazz Piano Skills courses, all of it. Use all of it to maximize your musical growth. And likewise, make sure you are an active participant 
in the Jazz Panel Skills forums. Get involved. Make some new friends, jazz piano friends from around the world. As always, you can reach me by phone, 972-380-8050, extension 211, by email, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. That's drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. Or by SpeakPipe, found on the Jazz Piano Skills website, in the educational podcast guides, the lead sheets, the, the, the link is out there all over the place. So don't be afraid to contact me. That's it. That's it for now. And until next week, enjoy the journey. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.